And we're back. We're, back. T- we're, we're crushing it. It's like, this is, I think, our third podcast in a row. I'm pretty excited about yeah. that. Yeah. But uh, tonight, um, you sent me over an email earlier, and um, I don't know, we had a really good conversation just about how you, you sort of came to faith early and then waxed and waned uh, a little bit in that. And really, and it had a lot to do with just some of the information that's out there, and mm-hmm. you know, especially in the information age that we live in today. You could be on YouTube for hours, right? And you could pick whatever topic you wanted to, and and be <laughs> Harvard educated if you want to spend enough sure. time at it. Right? Yeah. I mean, there are some really good resources, some Absolutely. very um, uh, well spoken individuals uh, who have really thought out their position. And as you started to sort of listen to some of that stuff and uh, through your Christian journey, you know, it had an impact on you. Mm. Um, and I, I just thought I thought that was kind of a cool thing to talk about because I think you know if you found this channel, you probably found it on YouTube. Uh, and we're one of many voices, hmm. and I'm just kind of curious how you how you thought about that, and what your process was, and where you landed. Yeah, so listen, there's I, I think it's not incredibly popular to talk. I, I think this is one of the reasons I'm I've become so passionate about it is it's not super popular to talk about why maybe we don't believe in God, and I think anyone who, amongst my religion at least or my generation, starts um, diving into any sort of intelligent, uh, intellectual things, you, you come across this concept real early that it's one or the other. And when you, when you do that, you either choose or you battle in this thing with faith where you say, okay, here's what I believe with faith. And kind of like what you talk about with compartmentalization. Right. Wow. It's a big, um, trying to put, you know, okay, this is what I believe in science. This Mm -hmm. is what I believe in faith. They don't really go together. And when you do that, it makes it really hard to be passionate about your faith because you think that they're two separate truths and they don't intermingle. Right. So I guess what I would really like to talk about is, in my own experience, how I've come to see that they're not separate. And in fact, by using science to challenge your faith actually is, is a really good thing and makes it stronger in most cases. And if it, and if it doesn't, you're not using... God um, to, to do the work that I think he he wants to do through those type of things, if that sure. makes sense. Now, so, I like what you said about compartmentalization. I mean, we talk a lot about that. and You said it first try. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, you know, I think as men and, and women, frankly, um, there's my work. You know, there's my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's paying the bills. There's getting out of debt. There's um, the traffic on the way to work. Right. Uh, uh, there's all the stresses about will you be able to make it? Will you find a mate? Right. Um, you know, maybe you struggling with compatibility in your marriage, and all right. of these things are are these things that are other than the thing you do on Sunday, right? Other than church. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think Jesus was extremely keen on was that you're to live an integrated life, right? Um, and I like what you said there because. You're right. It's it's very difficult to be passionate about your religion if your religion a has very little effect on eighty five percent of your life. Right. I, I, it's not real. It's mm. it's a hobby, yep. a, we, a weird one, <laughs> right? A weird hobby. It's a hobby where you go and you give away your money to some dude on a stage who seems to be doing pretty well, and uh, uh, I guess you sing some songs that right. aren't. Aren't that great? I mean, they're okay. Yeah, I'm I mean, not, yeah. but they're not that great. No. <laughs> Lyrically, they're kind of simplistic, right? 
and uh, and you have this sort of experience on Sunday, and you go home, and and if it is just that, uh, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I'd skip it. Right. It has to be that that it's a fully integrated faith, right? Especially if you have a scientific mind, because for me, that's discovering some of these truths about science and how they relate to religion is what's made me see the world in in such a a way where you can't take the same beauty from it that mm-hmm. you do if you don't believe in God. Right. You know. So yeah, I think what what I really want to talk about is how, you know, if if you're struggling with your faith and you're sitting there and you're saying, "Okay, well, these are some things that really interest me and they don't line up with what I've been told because a lot of it is not necessarily what Jesus said. It's what western culture and a lot of a lot of uh a media and stuff says about what you should believe if you believe in god right um you know because and and it's kind of what we were talking about earlier with dawkins C- cnn is not the best place to get no, your get no. your uh um, but neither is fox some of the times right no so, I'm, no i'm saying anyone like right. third party is, right. is not the ideal place to get your uh foundation of your religion right so yeah if, you, if we're talking about um so so what kind of spawned this for me um filling in everyone who's listening Recently, I was listening to the the Joe Rogan experience where he interviews um, Richard Dawkins, who was a figure that definitely knew his name, didn't know what he believed, didn't know anything like that. And I think what's really kind of scary for me several months later out of this um, kind of spell that I had is if you go searching for alternatives to religion as you're discovering who you are, and that's you know a very prominent figure in, in sure. that sphere, if that's the person sure. you're coming across, it, it's pretty scary how how much of a, a real stark form of atheism he represents because mm-hmm. atheism in and of itself, as we talk about all the time, which we'll talk about tonight, it has a lot of really good points, you know, um, a lot of things that deserve respect and that deserve some detailed discussion of, but that view of, of religion that he offers is, is really scary if you're kind of discovering yourself. And that's kind of why I feel like I was kind of dove so, so far into that rut when I, after I listened to it, because you, you d- he doesn't offer space for you to believe both, right? It's, oh it's no, one he's or the very other. clear, right? And not not only um, not only can't you, not only is there no space, but you're uh, you're an idiot, right? You, you're a, you're a moron, right? If you believe these things, and he's kind of representative representative of scientific modern intellectual culture, right? So if right. if you're trying to be someone who maybe is discovering what they believe about God, but also wants to be progressive. You also, you don't want to be frowned upon and all these things that people care about these days. That's who you're going to go to. And you want to be reasonable. Right. I mean, because religion is pretty controversial. Um, a lot well, of people, it, will at argue, least it has been for at least 2000 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people will argue, you know, atheism is too, but in a way that's more appealing to modern culture. So what well, holds you accountable? I mean, you're not held accountable to anything. Right. So, yeah. Um, with that being said, we can talk about um, some of the reasons that I personally struggled with. So yeah, let's dig into it. Um, all right. The first thing I think that I want to um, really address, and I've loved some, I know we've talked about this a little bit, but we can go a little bit deeper. For for me personally, um, one of the things that always kind of comes back to bite me when I start digging into this topic is understanding exactly the concept of one or the other, right? So no matter how much I sit here and talk to you about what we what we just said, where you can you can kind of look at religion as this thing that takes science and, and puts it into a more wholesome view, you might say, it's pretty hard for people to choose 
both or to be able to coexist with religion and science. So I don't know. What would you say? What would you say to that? How, how do you think if, if we were talking about this uh, whenever we did a month or so ago? Yeah. What's your response to how you can how can, you can view both? Um, so generally speaking, and I, and I don't want to bash anybody's belief system because I, I felt the same way. Right. So my um, I, I grew up in a uh, assembly of God church, which is about two degrees left of Pentecostal. If mm. you guys know anything about that, it's speaking in tongues. It's mm. the it's the whole right. works, right? It's pretty pretty wild. Yep. Um, pretty wild stuff. But my uh, in church we had a song that said, "I'm no kin to the monkey, and the monkey's no kin to me." And I got to tell you, I'm not really sure that uh, I think church threw the first rock <laughs> in this war. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so so we're a little to blame for this battle. But that being said. Um, I, that always bothered me the the sheer condescension from the Christian faith to the to the science community. Sure. Um, now that's completely flipped, mm. right? Now there's sheer condescension from the science community into the Christian faith. Mm. Um, and and I think one of the things we talked about earlier is I think there should be just a whole lot of understanding all around. Right. One of the things that I I believe personally is that God does not make it clear that He exists until you believe. Right. I believe that for a whole host of reasons. One of the biggest is because it's a faith-based religion. Hmm. Uh, if I came to you and said, look, you know, uh, we're going to make a bet, and the bet is your life. And uh, in one bucket, there's a 62% chance, and in the other bucket, there's the whatever the left. <laughs> I should have picked a number I could do the math easy on, right, uh, is left, right? And I said, this is your life. One toss of the dice. Uh, which bucket do you want to bet on? And most people look at that and say, well, I'll bet on the one with, you know, 62% because that makes sense. That's that That's just math, Okay. Um, if that's the case, that's not faith anymore, right? You're just playing the odds. And so I believe that at, when you're trying to decide that, uh, that you pick a path and that path is going to reveal itself more and more as being right to you, mm. mostly sort of the Where's Waldo problem, right? Mm. So have you ever done a Where's Waldo puzzle? But when you do a Where's Waldo puzzle, there, once you've done the puzzle and you've found Waldo, you can't not find him, Right. right? Um, once you know where he is, you're going to see him. And uh, there's this other uh, concept, uh, the way humans process things around him. Like when you buy a Honda, a red Honda, suddenly there's red Hondas everywhere because you begin to see it. Mm. And likewise, once you've kind of chosen your path, you've said, well, I'm going to believe in God or I'm going to believe, I'm going to be an atheist. You will find mounting evidence to support your position. Mm. And it's not fair for someone who chose the wrong one, for us to just look back at them and say, well, mm. you're just an illogical mm. moron yeah, yeah. on both sides, right? on both sides. I don't think Christians should be doing that, and I don't think scientists should be doing that. Now, from the scientific uh, uh, point of view, I think there's a lot of contradictions in, in them ruling out a God. Mm. Scientists, in theory, are supposed to be open to all possibilities and they have yet that they have not disproven. And no one has disproven a God. Right. Now, they would say, well, that's impossible to disprove. Okay, maybe, uh, maybe. Okay, I, I, I hear that as a logical argument, but my point is, is that you can't take it off the table. Then, mm. at a bare minimum, you can't take it off the table. Sure, uh, but they have completely taken it off the table. And if you even believe it's a possibility, then you're completely wrong. So, right. so there's a little bit of a challenge in the way they define being a scientist. There's also a little bit of a challenge in that science is often presented as a fully baked uh, belief structure that all of the, the lines have been filled in, and we totally understand how everything works. Right. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, but at a Newtonian physics level, that's probably true, right? Mm. So we know how gravity works. 
Um, and I know Dawkins is a big fan of evolution. He's an evolutionary scientist. Um, and that's sort of the point of view. And he says, look, over millions of years, these things change and so on and so forth. But there are actual problems with their argument that they just don't even try to concede. Like if you were to sit across the table from me and say, look, you know, this sounds like a in general, this sounds good. Here are the three things that we think are actually wrong with it. Hmm. Then That's a great conversation to have because sure. because there are some things wrong with it. Um, for example, why why are things getting more complex over time? That doesn't really make any sense in, evolu- in an evolutionary standpoint. So if you're trying to get better for survival, bacteria are rocking it. They're, sure. they're, they're rocking it. Yeah. Like there's no one looking around going, well, bacteria are just barely going to make it. They better Single change colors and, grows ar- and grow arms right. because if they don't grow arms, they're not going to make it. Right. Why then did we go from single cell organisms that were going to make it to the complex human beings you see in front of you? There's no reason for that. Well, why, why would that be true? Hmm. Why is evolution moving forward? Hmm. I get the idea that things don't survive and there's mutation, but why did it get better? Sure. Why wouldn't it devolve instead of evolve? Right. Yeah. That valid point. Um, and these, and I'm not, and again, I'm not, I'm not throwing rocks. I'm just right. saying at least admit that that's not fully baked. Right. And then the other problem is, is that Newtonian physics in and of itself is, is as it turns out, it's, it's, a, um, I think it was Aristotle may have been Plato. I think actually I think it's Plato. Who has the uh, the where people are sitting around looking at reality and its shadows on a cave wall, and they think that the shadows mm. are reality. Yeah, and then they turn around and realize that there's a fire behind them, and that's actually reality. Right. That to me, in a lot of ways, when science stops at biology and says, "Well, at, at this level, this layer of biology, we understand everything." Right. Yeah, but there's a whole set of layers under that that you don't understand. Right, you don't understand quantum physics. Nobody really understands where gravity comes from. Even Dawkins has no clue where consciousness comes from. Hmm. Like he says, well, it's it, we think it's related to the brain, and the brain decays. Mm, yeah, but you don't know, hmm. and that's really important because what makes us different than say my dog right. is the way we our consciousness and the way we think and, and experience the world. Okay, so so it's just these hardcore issues. So my, my only problem with science is is that they pre, they present it as though it's a fully baked concept. And all I would say, if you really want to be a scientist and you really want to go that uh, that route, then you shouldn't spend time in, in things that are settled. You should spend time on the edges of science hmm. where things are unsettled because then you'll get a, a sense of just how unsettled things really are. Right. Uh, because they are. Quantum physics is yeah. – I mean it's it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother ball game. It's, it redefines – so I, Joe Rogan actually in that podcast, he said something I thought was – he's like, um, well, one of the big arguments against God is – I wish I could do a Joe Rogan, but I can't. But one of the big arguments against God is, is that uh, uh, so he's eternal, and he, so why did he wait six thousand years to create the? Or why, you know, why did he wait so long to create the Earth? He's he's timeless, man. Like that doesn't even make. That's not even a. That's not. He didn't wait on anything. Or it's to not, send Jesus? Is that what you're talking about? No, to actually to create, create the, the Earth, earth. Okay. right? So he's he supposedly existed for eternity, right? Mm. So why didn't an eternity ago he create the earth instead of however many billions of years he said 6,000 years because there's some belief people who believe that now what's really interesting about this idea of old earth versus new earth well as things move faster through space they move slower through time hmm. who knows who knows how that actually all works out we actually don't know right and and that that's sort of that's from our problem that every time that they want to debunk god they they put him in this box of causality hmm. well he did this and then that happened <laughs> He created the universe, which is space. All of space was created. 
Einstein proved that space and time are eternally linked. As a result, it is not possible for God to exist in time or space right. because he created it. Yeah, I agree with that. So, so now you're talking about causality, about a, a being that exists outside of what we would even consider before and after. Right. That's just being very disingenuous. Sure. Um, but it sounds really logical on the surface. Right. It's like if you were, like to your point, if you were just exploring yourself and you heard this, well, yes, that is logical. But you got to, both in science and in Christianity, you got to dig a little deeper. And right. you just say, okay, well, I, I hear you. But let's explore the precepts of your argument. Sure. And then whenever you start exploring the precepts, that's whenever the arguments start to de- deteriorate. So saying that, saying what you just said, um, Gotta gotta dig a little deeper. I mean, going going back to the original thing. So, can they coexist? And basically, what you're yes. saying is yes, absolutely, uh, they can. And yeah, think, that's, thanks for bringing me back. So, well, I think, and we both talk about that all the time. You know how that, how that, they coexist. The fact that science is half baked means, and and in my personal belief, that God created the universe. Mm. Right? God wrote the universe. Right. And. We're not. We're about halfway through the novel, maybe, maybe not even that far in science, and figuring out who wrote it. Right. So my point is, is that I think, as especially as you get into quantum physics and you start to think about the way time works and consciousness and consciousness effect on time and all this other really interesting stuff that's going on right now with real scientists who are atheists, mm. I think that as they continue to do their work, they will actually discover God. Mm-hmm. If there is a God then there's no way they won't. Sure. Does that make sense? Sure. Right? Yep. At some point, you pull on the thread long enough, and you're going to get to the, to the beginning, and the beginning is God. Sure. But they are nowhere near the beginning. And I would say, I would kind of add... So to, I think it coexists perfectly fine. Sure. And theirs to, is an unfinished book. To right? give my kind of take on what you're saying, I would say that um, exactly what you're saying, that if we're looking into the future as science progresses, we're going to discover more and more about God. I would even say that now... Um, Absolutely, it can ex- coexist because looking at science through a uh, lens of God actually makes it more intense and more beautiful. Oh, so, so cool, man. Right. Like whenever people say, oh, we're looking for an equation that explains everything. Mm. Well, of course there'd be an equation that explains it. The fact that math sure. as a language can explain the universe at all sure. is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's that's craziness. So I guess, I guess yeah, yeah. Um, summarizing that don't get too wrapped up in necessarily like fundamental principles like okay how do we how do we account for early hominids how do we account for all of these time carbon dated things let's just yeah. say if you're looking at science through the lens of god in general it's better and it proves more things as science moves into the future about god yeah and like i said before if if you're really interested in science don't spend your time in the stuff that's in the center right you got to go to the edges cool. because the edges are where God is in science, Agreed. right? And that's what's so cool, man. And and quite frankly, those edges are going to so radically redefine what we think we know in the center. Hmm. It, this center stuff really isn't interesting, sure, because it's a function that one's a function of the other, right? And so that's what's going to be cool. So if right. you, so, I, I'm for it. I say go on your YouTube journey, but don't spend your time and stuff that's in the center. Go spend your time on uh, time in the edges of science, and and I think you will. If you look for him, I think you'll see a lot of traces of God. Cool. I agree with that. Well, let's move on to um, number two for me, which kind of, so yes, we've discussed science definitely can coexist with um, religion. I think the the thing after that, that I, that's definitely the big one for me. Um, the thing next to that, that I really struggle with is the more you start going into these new 
popular psychology. It, this, this is moving less from science into psychology, which, oh, which is. I love psychology. <laughs> right. So, so much fun. when you kind of understand on a deeper level how the brain works, it's easy to see how religion exists in the mind in terms of, um, okay, I understand why religion is a powerful mechanism in psychology. And I understand why it's beneficial for families. And I understand why it's maybe a good trait for human beings to have and to pass along and whatever you might say, what, what do you think about why, why is it a good? Well, so, so the argument, um, the argument in this book, which by the way, the book I'm referencing a lot in this is, is going to be the reason for God by Timothy Keller, which, um, great semi objective view of kind of everything we're talking about a religious book, but the dude does an awesome job of being pretty objective. So, um, in this book, it talks how maybe it's beneficial it's actually an atheist view that um, religion itself is a recessive trait that has been passed on generation to generation okay. because early humans who inherited that trait were more philanthropic. They were more um, easy to, to work with, you know, and in, in turn, those human beings were the ones who preceded generations. Right. So on a deeper level, that's, that's one thing. I'm talking more about it's beneficial for people who have religion there there are tons of studies talking about um general happiness fulfillment all these things that if you believe there's no purpose to the universe you don't have so with that lens is is well, your, religion your, something your that atheist friends would 100 percent disagree with you that none of, that 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 you can be happy without this belief in a magic fairy dust god not that, not that you can't be happy, but even Dawkins himself in that podcast talked about how when he's listening to music or he's um, enjoying these things of innate beauty in the world, right? I think that's kind of what he said, that there is something more and he can feel that, but he doesn't he doesn't relate it to God. Do you remember that part that he was talking about? <laughs> I missed that part. Yeah. yeah. He was talking about how he can listen to music and, and he can feel, write poetry and, and do all these things that make him feel that that innate beauty in the world I'm just but curious it's, it's what just his not God. evolutionary uh, explanation is for that right yeah there there's something there's something missing there but rather how how do we know that religion is not just something that psychologically makes more sense for you and I mm-hmm. to to do than rather than atheism I, I'm really struggling with the fact that it makes more sense I, I think our again I think our atheist friends would tell us how much sense none of this makes mm-hmm but but you and I would argue against that, right? But we gotta, so if we're arguing against that, then we clearly think it's beneficial wait, for our lives. Yeah, but we sort of have to set that aside, right? Because you're coming at it from the point of view of of, sure. of science, right? And science says, well, the reason why this stuff exists is because it makes life better. Um, but there's a whole other group of people in science who would say that that's not true. It doesn't make life better. Matter of fact, it's uh, Dawkins is very clear that it's detrimental. Uh, so that uh, that religion mm. is detrimental to society, mm. and that it's really bad, and therefore that's why he's on a mission to to eradicate it from from children's minds. So let's turn this less from a beneficial beneficial to a psychological standpoint, and and look more at something like tribalism. Okay. So clearly, people who consider themselves part of a tribe, maybe you and I are a tribe to Christianity, right? Sure. Yeah. We absolutely. we are a part of that tribe for a reason. Mm-hmm. So in what ways in what ways do we know we're not simply subscribing to religion because of tribalism, I guess is, is how I would frame it. Because there are definitely a lot of people who will say whether, whether if we take the Dawkins approach and say religion is detrimental, you shouldn't believe in it. If you're part of a tribe, you clearly think it is very much beneficial for you. Right. So as you and I, considering ourselves part of the religion tribe, 
aside from tribalism, why is that good for us? Aside from tribalism, aside from tribalism, what makes us what makes us have any reason to to believe in God? I don't know that tribalism is a good enough catalyst to believe in me in the first place. I mean, we certainly have tribes emerging now that don't believe him. So this is sort of my point, right? I'm trying to say that I'm tr- I'm trying to break. I know you got a book there. I'd be interested to read it. I haven't read that one. Um, why they say it's so important mm. for for tribes. Because there's any number of things you could pick to uh, for a lot of people, like for example, Russia, the motherland, hmm. right? The motherland is is what ties us all together. It's where hmm. we're from. Uh, our lineage ties us all together. It's what we're it's where we're from. The color of our skin ties hmm. ties groups together, right? So on and so forth, right? So so over the history of 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 the planet, uh, they could have picked anything to tie themselves together. So is why, there, why religion? Is there any merit looking at it from an evolutionary standpoint to the argument that being being someone who's more cooperative and and having those genes using them as religion is is any reason that maybe religion has progressed? So as far it, as it if has. it is more if it is beneficial, hmm. why religion? Hmm. Why can't it just be more beneficial? So it's just in your mind completely completely exclusive. No, I'm I'm just I'm challenging the causality, right? A okay. lot of people say, "Well, we have religion because of all of these reasons." Sure. And my personal favorite is how stupid we all were in the past. Mm. We were all apparently morons. Mm. You know, Aristotle was an idiot. Um, like you know, basic, uh, basically all of our modern thought is based off of Greek philosophy and then working its way forward. All these guys were total idiots, uh, and therefore, now that we're so enlightened and we're mm. so intelligent and we know so much about the human mind, like. Mm the fact that we have no idea where consciousness comes from. Uh, we know so much now, right, that now we don't need, we can shake off these things right? because we don't need them anymore. And I argue that I don't think you ever needed them in the first place. Hmm. I don't think humanity suddenly was, uh, was an idiot in the past and that there's this new shining light of information that suddenly makes all of this stuff not necessary. Okay. My, my point is, is that we, we didn't do it because it worked for us. We did it because we... We listened to music or we watched a sunset and we said, you know what, just like Dawkins, there's something else here. Hmm. Now, Dawkins and his and the fact he's so committed to a path, right? He can't say that it's God. Sure. He's got to say it's something else he can't explain. Well, okay, fine, buddy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let's call that God. I tell you what, you call it dog, I'll call it God. I'm dyslexic. It won't make any difference. Right. Okay. So the the argument of it being a beneficial gene and being passed down is is it doesn't it doesn't have very much merit in in terms of the religion argument. Well, yeah, because what I find funny about that is the sheer number of people we could find today that says it adds no value, hmm. it has no merit. These two points of view can't both be true, right? Oh, well, it's just because suddenly we we now have electricity that it doesn't have any merit. Hmm. Ooh, that just doesn't feel right. Fair enough. If okay. anything, if anything, tribalism seems like it. Yeah, would no, I like play that. more of a role today than it ever would. Right? I like that. I like that way of thinking about it a little bit more. That's why I I love talking to you about this particular topic and talking more, just diving deep because I I do have some notes down about the uh, the whole beauty thing um, because it's actually in this book talks about um, there's a whole section called the clues for God. So. Right, kind of what you were talking about. Uh, there's no proof for, there's no proof against, whatever. Um, but we have a lot of quote-unquote clues that we can kind of look at, and and a lot of them have have really secured it for me, even though they are just that, they're clues. Because a lot of people want airtight proof, but whatever. Um, I, I will say this. Mm-hmm. I think the more you live out your Christianity as an integrated part of your life, mm-hmm. 
the more there is proof, mm. the right. more it's yep. obvious. Agreed. The more it's like, ah, I like that, uh, you know, they asked the Supreme Court, you know, what is pornography? Mm. Said, well, I don't really, I don't really know, but when you see it, you will know. Mm. And, I, and I think there's a lot to be said for that. There's a lot to be said for what love is, mm. what an experience with God is. Right. And you have to experience it, right? Okay, it, I want to I want to dive into that because yep. you just said a couple of them, love in particularly. So one of the clues is the clue of beauty, right? So th- this is my personal favorite one, and it basically says, if life exists by accident, right? Um, ultimately, we have no purpose. We die. The world goes on until it eventually dies. That that's where you get into really kind of murky waters with what he's talking, what Dawkins is talking about, where he's saying, okay, I'm listening to this music. I'm experiencing these things and I understand something's missing, but it's not God. The The clue of beauty basically says that is God. Exactly what you're feeling and what you think is missing is God. And, right. and if we have all these other desires, right? So we say, okay, I, I know that maybe I love, even though I don't have a physical person to love that I can, I can long to love, or I can understand that that's missing. Mm -hmm. When you feel something else is missing, we have reason to believe it's missing for a reason because it actually exists, even though we can't physically hold it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? The, the clue of beauty saying that these things in the world that we understand innately as beautiful, if, if we can't explain them with God, then you know, there's, there's, you can't explain it without saying it's God because that is what's missing. That is, that is what you're thinking as the innate beauty in the world. So the problem is I have no counterpoint to that. Mm. Uh, Other than I will make a cultural observation that there is an attack on the definition of beauty. How so? Everything's beautiful. It's all in the eye of the beholder. There is no, there is no standard for beauty. Right. So when you think about some of the expression uh, or some of the modern art, I think at some point there was actually a um, yeah, no, I know for a fact uh, one of the uh, one of the installations was a golden toilet with a turd in it. (laughs) And that was art. (laughs) And. The problem is, if you go in and say it's not art. uh, People say, no, it's, it's totally art. It's making you think and so on. But art was supposed to be something that made you feel that beauty, right? That mm. was the standard for the for a very, very long time mm. until a crazy guy who cut off his own ear sort of changed some of the ways we think about that. <laughs> but there is, an, a, there is a standard for beauty. Mm. Um, if there's not, then your argument, which I agree with, starts to disappear. Mm. Who says a sunset is beautiful? Right. Right. What is beauty? I mm. say that that's not beautiful. Right. Um, so so I, I don't have a counterpoint. I just would really want to point out that some of the things you're talking about that are difficult to sidestep mm. are being redefined on purpose. Being redefined by who? Uh, there, if you believe in God, mm. there is a good and there is an evil in the world. Right. And let's just leave it at the evil of the world. Okay. There is a reason that we want to d- redefine these things. Because sure. if we can yeah. redefine them, then they can no longer be pointed to and say, well, that's God. And they say, what do you mean? That, uh, that's not even beautiful. Sure. But it is. Sure. Right? Yeah. I think... So if we can reprogram you. <laughs> there's there's a part in here that's saying, uh, basically, it makes the argument that everyone believes in God, 
we just don't know it or maybe right. maybe we're trying to avoid it. And I think that all is kind of what you're saying, that we're never going to get away from the fact that we think something's beautiful even if we say that. I watched an atheist. Uh, I, I like the debates, and I like to hear – I like debates when they're really well done by both sides because mm-hmm. I don't think any side does – does themselves any any uh, it doesn't doesn't do us any good as Christians to have debates with people who debate poorly. Sure, but I did watch this uh, atheist lose his crap over that exact statement because he's saying I don't believe there's a God. I'm not denying him. I just don't believe it. Period. Mm. And Christians' point of view is absolutely you innately know there's a God and you've decided to reject him. Mm. Um, that's a tough statement to make in public mm-hmm. uh, because. You're saying you know what someone else is thinking. Yeah. Now, I bl- I agree with you completely, but that does become challenging. I think it does if you try to be PC. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> no, no, there's some, yes, that's exactly right. There's mm. something to be said about that. There is this idea that... Uh, and not necessarily right that you're rejecting God. It's that you're choosing to... It's, it's that you're choosing to fill the gaps with something else when there's an easy answer. And, and no matter how much you want to fill the gaps with something else, you're never going to fulfill that gap the way that God will. Let me ask you a question. Is wisdom good? Yeah. Wisdom was the apple. Hmm. But would you say morals come from God? Um, uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. If we say morals come from God, are we saying that people with differing views of morals... In, in the way that they choose to, because, right, I mean, we have our idea of westernized morals. Well, let, but people, let, let me people be ex- in the Middle East don't think let, that. Let me be really, so so that we're not caught in what is morals. Let's mm. just be really clear. Have no other God before uh, before me. Mm. Love your brother as your neighbor. But are or those love, morals? Love your neighbor as yourself. Are those morals? Yes. I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines so, of so Jesus, what we innately know is good and bad. Hang on. So mm. Jesus said all the laws can be summarized in these two points, mm. right? So we could talk about sub-laws of sub-laws. Okay. Okay. But at the end of the day, it's these two things. Okay. So no matter what you come up with that you would say is moral, I will probably be able to roll it up into one of these two items. Okay. Right? Don't kill somebody. Well, I don't want to be killed. Right? Right. Don't uh, steal someone's wife. Okay. I don't want anyone to steal my wife. Yeah. Right? So so if we, so let, so we so now re-ask your question with the definition that these are the morals. Mm. Right? Love your brother or love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Have no other God before me. N- now what was your question? Sure. I mean, it, you answered it. It's. I, I was just thinking more along the lines of if we're deliberately choosing to to live our lives morally opposed to other people, are we doing evil? Morally opposed to other people, what does that mean? So I'm going to tell you the, the correct answer. Yes, that's evil. I just think it's it's really easy to make that statement here in the United States, but... Other where elsewhere in the world looks completely different in what they view as good and bad. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's yeah, <laughs> right. Like, it doesn't matter. And and I would argue. So um, <laughs> there are some cultures that have existed that believe that child sacrifice was a cool thing, mm. or that believe. And by the way, some people would argue that Christianity is one of those, and it's not. Mm. Uh, that whole story of uh, uh, Abraham. Abraham, we can unpack that at another time, but it's not. Mm. <laughs> he didn't die. <laughs> there was no child sacrifice. Okay, so uh, anyways, long story short is is that uh, uh, I think the problem that you're running into uh, is there. Ha- this gets to the core. There has to be some sort of external uh, uh, source of morals because mm. if you do say it's cultural, then quite frankly, uh, mutilating women... Mm. It's cool. Right. 
right? Because the culture says it's cool. Right. Throwing gay people off the top of a building, totally cool, because that's what the culture says cool. But it's not. Right. It it is not. Mm. It's not cool. Yeah, I right? agree with you. Right. So who cares what their culture says? Right. I could really care less. Right. Uh, because either you're loving the guy next to you like you should be, mm. or you're not. And if you're not, that's its own problem. And I got to tell you, even here in America, man, if you hate the guy in the cube next to you, you hate one of. Uh, it's so funny. So we were at dinner and uh, uh, this weekend, and and someone brought up the news, and I said I don't listen to the news and at all. And, and you know what they brought up was sort of interesting, but I hadn't heard of it. And uh, I said I don't listen to the news. And she goes, and they were like, well, you know why? And I said because I don't like hating half of God's children. Hmm. I don't like it. I don't like the idea that I dislike people who I have never even met. Hmm. And that someone out there actively breeds this dislike. Hmm. And I, I just don't like it. I don't like disliking Democrats. I don't like dislike. I just don't. Hmm. Um, and anything that sort of makes me feel that way, um, I, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not down with that. So hmm. anyways, so I don't know where we came from, but no, <laughs> luckily I mean, you have a numbered list so we can. Well, we've covered most of it. <laughs> zip right back. Yeah, we've covered most of it. Um, I think that's actually a good place to kind of conclude. So, where where I where I stand with this is that I've I've through all of these things and, and many others that we've discussed, I've I've had to really sit down with myself and say, okay, what do I believe? And ultimately what I've learned is that no matter what you believe about any of these things that, that we just talked about, on your journey in faith, God welcomes doubt. In fact, it talks about in the Bible a lot how doubting actually makes people stronger. And if we look at um a situation like Job, right, where everything was taken from him and he was doubting constantly about, do I believe that God is actually good? Do I believe he actually wants what's right for me? And, and in the end, he he absolutely does, right? So not well, not exactly the could, same thing. Let but. me let me say one thing about that. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. God does welcome doubt. Doubt is not a bad thing. Hmm. It's where you take your doubt that you need to be really careful sure. about. I sure. mean, you really, and, and by the way, I'm not saying taking it to your pastor because he'll give you the three canned answers he's been giving it to you since he was your youth pastor. Right. I'm saying skip that mm. and go straight to God. Yes. Right? You should at least be having a prayerful conversation with him before you go into YouTube and, and yep. just take whatever's there, yep. right? I, so, so yes, he does welcome doubt, but he also wants you to bring it to him. Right. Uh, because he's he's he wants to resolve it. Right. Yeah, because the enemy is going to work just as hard to to use it to his advantage. Oh, sure. So be conscious about that. Um, understand that if you're if you're having doubts and you're really wrestling with your faith that exactly what Dustin just said there there's a way to approach it and that is to take it to God and say what do you want to teach me about this um, how can I how can you use this doubt to ultimately strengthen me so with that being said um, yeah under, understand that you know if, if you're having doubts in faith that's not a bad thing and, bad and thing. just understand what you need to do with God to uh, to help it strengthen your faith and you're on the right track yeah, no, I love that, and um, I, I tell you, God wants to hear it. He's not really scared. <laughs> he, yeah, he's not worried about your scientific uh, questions and all yeah. that kind of fun stuff. But and I, keep I, delving into it because it'll help you uh, ultimately. If it if it does the same for me, it'll help you appreciate God even more when you start realizing the science that's in the world. Uh, totally, and I and and I would just recommend really spend some time. Uh, quantum physics is outstanding a place to start as terms of science on the edge. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it's just it. It's just really interesting. Or astronomy is a mm-hmm. wonderful place to start. Yeah, Talk about favorite. science on the edge. There's more uh, Christian. There's more Christians in terms of a particular uh, science. There's more Christians in astronomy than any other science because mm. it's very difficult to look at the heavens all day and go, oh, no, <laughs> totally. <laughs> this I love is that. all made up. Um, but no, I, absolutely, man. And I'm really excited. That, excited that you brought this particular uh, topic to the table and. Uh, 
And uh, I'm, I just encourage you that as we go through this process with people, like as you find things that are interesting and that seem like, oh, that really caught my eye. And if, if maybe, you know, me of a year ago would have said, well, that was pretty, that's pretty solid argument. Right. Bring it to the table, man. I love solid arguments. I think they're lots of fun. Uh, we will be happy to try to tackle those and, uh, and strengthen people's faith through our analysis of it, although we're no experts, but we are Christians. Sure. And so we, we're happy to at least tackle it. Yep. So, uh, guys, thanks for spending some time with us, and we will see you uh, next time.